Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you and we honor you. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and you are the end. We know that when you begin anything, it doesn't end until you say, this is the end of it all. And God, because you have begun our lives, we live expectant because of who you are in our lives, O oh Lord. We gather here this morning at a time when you have called us, O oh Lord. As we continue talking about your service and the way we can do it better even, many other times that we have found ourselves gone far from you or neglected what you have called us to do. But today, you are going to remind us of what we need to do, O oh Lord. We pray that God, you will speak unto us this day, that God, you will encourage us in this place, that God, you are going to rebuke us in this place, and that at the end of the day, we will go out happy people. And our Lord, my God, may the words of my mouth this morning and may the meditations of my mind be acceptable to you, my rock and my redeemer. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, tell your friend, you know, God has a point. My name is David Zioka. I'm saved this morning. Chris as we wind up on the book of Jonah, as we wind up on our Jonah series, we're going to see Jonah in a different place. We're going to see Jonah in a different place. I know we have seen Jonah on the trip, boarding a ship, at Joppa and heading to, to Tarshish. We have seen Jonah in the belly of the fish. We have also seen Jonah going up now to Nineveh and saying, yes, now God, I am going to do it this time and going to preach to the people of, of Nineveh, Nineveh. And now, in chapter 4, we are going to see Jonah under the vine, under the vine, reasoning with God after God had spared the people of Nineveh. Now, remember in chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, when God saw what the Ninevites did and how they turned away from their sins. God relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had intended to do. Now, what God did was normal. He acted consistently with his mercy because that is what God does. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And the Bible says that he became angry. And he tells God through prayer, 
Oh Lord, is this not what I <laughs> is this not what I said when I was still at home? Is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarashish. That is, what I was, that is why I was so quick to head down to Joppa, try to get to a ship, and go to Tarashish. That was Jonah. <laughs> Just tell me, what ground did Jonah have to be angry? Why should we be angry when the Lord's people are freed? Does this make sense? Now, I want you to turn to the person next to you and ask him or her that question and let's have a conversation for one minute. Does that make sense? Please, let's talk now. Is one minute too long? See, I think God has a point here. How can you do this, Jonah? How can you be so hungry when I have done this to my people? And unfortunately, even, even though he does not like what God is doing, he did not have control over God's mercy. Buenas sir. Even though he doesn't like it, he has no control over God's mercy. Even though some people may not like us, they have no control of the Lord's mercy that is upon us. This brought him a lot of pain. In fact, he wanted to die. Have you seen such people? They feel so bad when you are blessed. They feel so bad when you are doing good, when they feel so bad, when God visits you until they want to do what? To die. And he says in verse 3, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. To die of what? Just because God's people have been shown mercy? He wanted to die because the destruction did not happen. He wanted to die because God had shown compassion upon his people. And he was very upset. He wanted, to, he, he wanted the Nerephites destroyed instead of being forgiven. He was happy when God saved him. But he was unhappy when Nerephites was spared. <laughs> and so God is still asking, why bother so much? about the compassion that I have on the people that are created in my, my image. So in verse 4, the Bible says, Have you any right to be angry? Have you any right to be angry? Do you have a good reason to be angry? Now remember, Jonah is reasoning with God, and God is reasoning with Jonah. And they are talking one-on-one -on -one here. 
God is looking at Jonah and he's having mercy. He's, he's pitying him. This guy does not get it. This guy doesn't seem to get it. He's so mad for nothing. He's so mad when I have done what I need to do to my, to my people. What, what would you have done if it was you addressing Jonah? What would you have done if it was you dealing with Jonah? You can't tell me you won't do nothing. Someone. What? Now, come on to Sasa. What would you have done if it was you dealing with Jonah? Nothing. Send him back where? To the fish? Yeah, that's something. Somebody else? If it was you dealing with such a guy, he doesn't seem to get it. What would you have done? Huh? You replace him? Oh, yeah. You replace him with someone else. What would you have done if it was you dealing with such a guy? Huh? Mchape? <laughs> you know, it is normal. It is normal. How can you... How can you behave this way? Do we have Jonas in our, in, our, in our ministry? Do we have people that don't get it? Oh yeah, what do you do with them? Pray for them? Really? <laughs> or leave them to figure it out? As Christians, yeah, pray for them. And we have so many of them. Jonas. So many of them, we will see them at work. We will be with them. They don't get it. They will leave everything for you. They will complain and complain and complain for nothing. So when we complain a lot, let's be also careful. Lest God sees us like Jonah. I am amazed by the patience that God has. If it was me, he just leave it for Jonah to figure it out. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised he did not do to, to him what he did to Anania and Sapphira. Just kill them. So kill them, yeah. He would have done so to this guy here. Then God uses some visual aids to teach the slow <laughs> to learn prophet a lesson. In verse 5. What does God do? <laughs> Says, verse 5. Jonah went out east of the city and sat down. He made a shelter for himself and sat in its shade, waiting to see what would have happened to Nineveh. So the Lord God made a plant grow over Jonah, give him, give him, to give him some shade so that he would be more comfortable. Jonah was extremely pleased with the plan, but a down the next day. And you know how the story went. One of the things that I have learned over the years is that there are people you will never satisfy. Are you with me? There are people that you will never satisfy. And these people will do things people you will do everything and anything to them, but then what they do, you, you are just amazed. 
just amazed. You see the turn of things from verses 6 to 11. And this is the funniest thing in this. Just when Jonah is so proud of God doing special things for him, God causes the worm to eat the what? The vine. <laughs> He's the joy. Hey, God. I feel so good now. I feel so good. No, the sun is not on me. Ah, I, I, I'm so happy. Praise the Lord. You know, you're so good, God. Now you have brought this to me. I'm so happy. And then God looks at Jonah and the way he's thinking and the way his heart is. And he says, warm. Can you go eat this vine? Araka sana. Ianze kukauka. And right there, it kauka. It dried up. And Jonah was again exposed in the sun. See how God works. Then within no time, Jonah does not have any shade. <laughs> he doesn't have any shade. Now, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. He did not know that. He didn't know that it is God who gave the vine and God can take it away. And so here it happens. The Lord had given, now God has taken it away. God is trying to teach Jonah that he can do what he wishes with the things of God. Now, he was angry about the loss of something that <laughs> did not even belong to him in the first place. Have you seen such people? They are angry with things that did not even belong to them. The vine was not his. He did not even plant it. Neither did he make it grow. It was a gift from God. And therefore, it was up to God to either give it or take it away. Either give it or take it, take it away. We have a lot of things that are truly gifts on us. But you know what? We take these things for granted. <laughs> we take them for granted. We do not take notice of them until they are gone. We take for granted the blessings we have. We don't, don't take notice until something happens where and when we don't have them anymore. Look at your life. And see the blessings that the Lord has given you. You have a house, you have a car. You have a job, you have a card to do what? To swipe. Some of us did not know what it meant to swipe cards before we came here. If you knew, that's fine. right? We only knew to take money to the bank and go for it when you do what? You need it. But no swiping. You're swiping? No. Now think about what the Lord has given you for a moment. Think about the friends that God has given you. Do you trust them? Some of the times we don't realize how God has blessed us until that blessing is taken away. 
we don't realize how important people are to us until they are taken away from us. We are a gift to each other. Let's not look at others as burdens. They are children of God. They are a gift to you. We are a gift to each other. And we need to take care of each other and take care of the church as well. I listened to Neil when she was talking. And she cares about the church. And what the dad did to this church. But just because some people did not care so much about the church, this church was left here. My brothers and my sisters this morning, I am calling upon each and every one of you to do your part in taking care of this house of prayer. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I know you may not like it, but I'm charging you today to do what you can to make sure that you preserve this house of prayer. It is your responsibility to take care of this house of prayer that people can come in from all over and be at peace. That people can come from all over and be taken care of. That people can come from all over and receive healing in this, in this place. That people can come from all over and experience the, the, the love of God. You and the I. The church exists to shine the light of Christ. The church does not need us. It is us who need the church. We need this fellowship. You need me. You need, we need each other here. We need God's presence. Today, God calls us to wake up and serve. We should not neglect doing God's work or run away from it as Jonah did one time. Yes, it's not going to be easy, but we can persevere. Because at the end of it all, we are going to get a reward. At the end of it all, we are going to get a reward. The song you raised me up is a good illustration of this to this life. Sometimes we fall down. Sometimes we will be knocked down, but we will have to wake up, dance ourselves, and limp to the finish line. What do we learn? This story of John. Number one. Number one. God gently taught Jonah a lesson. God gently taught Jonah a lesson. He had the power to destroy Jonah. He had the power to destroy him completely, but he did not. How many times? Has God spared you and me? Think about that. How many times has God, has God looked at me and you 
and the things that we are doing, and instead of destroying us, he spared us. God gently taught Jonah a lesson. Number two, although Jonah had the gift of prophecy, he lacked grace. <laughs> Amen? Although Jonah had the gift of prophecy, he lacked grace. Grace was not in his vocabulary at all. Jonah had not received that grace which destroys the old man and creates the soul anew in Christ Jesus. The amazing grace that saved a wretch like me, that was nowhere in Jonah's vocabulary. That grace that saw us when we were lost, Jonah needed that. Tell your friend, he or Nehemiah, he or just that grace. Number three. At times, we disobey God, but that should not put us Yes, we'll, we'll fall down, but that should not put us off. Again, as I said, we need to, when we find ourselves down, when things are really tough, we just need to wake up, dust ourselves, and do what? And move on. And move on. This journey has mountains. This journey has valleys. When you don't succeed in one thing, <laughs> that is okay. You will succeed in another one. <laughs> if you don't succeed in one thing, that's okay. You will succeed in another. <laughs> How many went to air levels here? A-levels? A-levels? <laughs> remember A-levels? I remember A-levels in Kenya. Okay. Several of us. How many went from A-level to the university? Because that's where you could only get a degree, right? I'm one of them. One as we said. I missed the university. That time. Just like this. I missed it. But that did not mean that I will not get a degree. But as we said, God had another way in the city of Severo. How many failed to go to the university from Form 4? Again, the many of us. But do you later on get a degree? This is what I'm talking about. You may not succeed in one thing, but God has your life like this. He will still get or give you what you deserve. You will still get what you deserve because God has your life 
like this. He knows what the desires of your hearts are. He will succeed in another or something else even. Because God is full of compassion. He spared the sailors when they, they pleaded for mercy. He saved Jordan when he prayed from inside the fish. God saved the people of Nineveh when they responded to Jonah's preaching. The Alpha and Omega will answer our prayers when we call upon him. He is our healer. He is our hope. He is our hope. He tells, he tells us, come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He did it on Calvary. He did it on that cross, which is a sign, that one. He did it on that cross, and he did it once and for all.